0: Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, a community for the spiritually awakened. How are you, Denise?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Good. We are talking this week about an exciting interview we're going to bring to you next week that Denise and I recorded with Anodea Judith on her new book, Charge in the Energy Body. The fascinating read we go in depth with the author in our interview that you'll hear next week. But we thought to lead up to that exciting interview, we would talk a little bit about chakras and the empath, and what it means to feel a charge in your energy and in your chakras in particular, and some different highlights that Denise and I took from the book. I also asked Denise if we could do this show before we shared the interview because Denise had some recording issues when we had Anodea on, and so she was with us on the recording, but. But we couldn't hear you, and we couldn't hear your input, and you had done such wonderful prep work and had written such great questions for her. And I just, I hated that, you know, you couldn't share in on that interview. So I thought this would give the two of us an opportunity to talk about the book with everyone as well.
1: Thank you. And it also, if someone is interested in reading the book before she comes on to be able to follow along or feels inspired to do more research on the book. Um, it was a very fascinating interview and brought light to a lot of uh, things about the chakra system that I really was unfamiliar with. So it was, it's a fun conversation.
0: Yeah, it's a really I love Anna Dea Judith. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of her, her famous book is Wheels of Life, which is really, in my opinion, the go-to book for chakras. So for me personally, it was just a huge honor to get to speak to her. What I took away from her newest work, Charge and the Energy Body, was this idea that we have this charge of energy that flows throughout our body constantly, and it's looking for opportunities to express itself through the chakras, and when those opportunities to express itself are suppressed, we get a block, and that's when our chakras feel stuck or stagnant or blocked. And in her book, she explains that when this happens repetitively in childhood, what it does is it creates a trigger point for us in adulthood. So say, for example, as a child, you were never allowed to be heard. Every time you you attempted to speak your truth, you were not heard, diminished, told to keep quiet. That charge of energy trying to Press itself through your throat chakra, the chakra of communication, would then create a block there, which means that in adulthood, when it was your time to speak and be heard, say at a presentation or a job interview or an important discussion in a personal relationship, you might freeze up, you might tense, you might get anxious or nervous at the thought of just communicating with this person, you might get a sore throat. You might feel your throat tighten up to the point where you feel that you actually can't speak. This is an example of a blocked chakra that has its origins in a childhood issue that has now become a trigger point. And I thought that was one of the most interesting parts of her book.
1: Very much so. And I also love that in her book she does give some examples. She gives a lot of examples and activities and things that you can do to to actually um, activate that charge or discharge the energy, which was another very interesting part of, yes, we're always trying to raise our energy, raise our vibration, spin our chakras, shut our chakras down. But when she was talking about that blockage, how important it is to find a way to discharge that so that it doesn't, as you say, stay stuck and cause physical reactions or limit the true potential of what that chakra does for us.
0: Right, exactly. And is that this charge that's trying to express itself through your chakras, when it's blocked, the best way to heal that blockage is to simply give it attention. Mm -hmm. So to me, what that looks like, and I'd love to hear what it looks like to you, Denise, but to me is if you have a fear, like let's go back to our throat chakra example, Let's say that you know you have to go into work next week and tell your boss that you're quitting or resigning from your job, and the thought of that makes you really tense and nervous. And every time you think about it, your throat kind of tightens up. Maybe you get a little tickle in your throat or a sore throat, and you don't even want to think about it. And so you pull the scarlet hair, and you're like, "Oh, I'll just think about that another day." One of the best ways to release that block is to sit with that anxiety, to sit with that fear and to give it the time and attention it deserves, and just sit with it and say, what are you trying to tell me? What are you so worried about? Where is the fear? Once we give that fear the attention it's craving, that's one of the best ways to release that blockage. And you can give it attention by listening to it, by role-playing, You know, you could call up a friend and say, hey, I've got to have this really uncomfortable conversation with my boss. Would you mind just being my boss and helping me process what I'm going to say? Or you can journal and write out what you want to say. You can even have a dialogue with your fear. So often spiritual books tell you to write to your spirit guide, write to your angel. But what about writing to your fear and just saying in your journal, dear fear, what do you want me to know? Right. How, like, how did you think, like, how does that look to you when you think about listening to your anxiety or your worry? How, how do you do that?
1: Well, I, I think a really valid point is how closely related uh, it is to that mind-body connection that we do manifest, not only through our chakras, but other, you know, aches, pains, colds, but it does. It's, it's in the energetic center of of which chakra it's in but as far as having to get that out and and that's one of the things that that i love that she really talked about was how important it is to discharge that uh, that out of your body from the interior of the body to the exterior environment and we we can do that exactly what you just said through self-expression through creativity through physical and mental activity but releasing that is so important and one of the real, really basic examples she gave was exhaling, like getting, exhaling that air out, Uh, you know, expressing yourself exactly what you're talking, talking about, whether it's talking, yelling, screaming, singing, you have to get that pent up energy out or it's going to um, either manifest in something else or, or um, I just picture this little cluster growing. (laughs) Isn't that a weird I think that's a weird way to look at it, but I I just feel like it just simmers, it just sticks there, and we have to shake no, it up and get a great it out.
0: Image, mm hmm.
1: Um, and I mean, she mentioned the the importance of creativity of, and which makes sense because we're t- triggering those same synapses in our brain when we're creative as as trusting our intuition, where and it's so so important, you know. And she did mention that the neutral ones, whether to bring in energy or discharge the energy would be the traditional things, meditation, yoga, conversation, um, having a massage, doing body work. Those, you could be using that to to fill your coffers or to release that, that energy that needs to be expelled, which I thought was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do a lot of chakra clearing meditation. Do you do a lot of those too?
1: I do, I don't do enough. I need to do more of those. I mean, I do clear, I do chakra work every day, but not to the degree that I should be. And
0: well, I think that's a fair answer for everyone, don't you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but there's yeah. a lot of different chakra clearing visuals that I like. Sometimes I will imagine just a white ball of light, you know, coming through the top of my head and going down to my feet and just absorbing like a sponge anything that's no longer serving me sometimes I picture just a tube of white toothpaste being dispensed through my crown chakra and just going through my whole body filling me with light and absorbing things Ted Andrews in his book psychic protection has a really great visual that's kind of hard to explain over the airwaves but he has you imagine a white ball at the top of your head and you inhale it and then it pops out to the front of your body and then you inhale it to the crown again, and then you breathe it into the neck chakra. So if you can picture it, you're making triangles over every single chakra as you inhale mm-hmm. and exhale the ball of light. I like that idea because we know that the triangle is, you know, obviously a, an important symbol of ascension and protection and, and connection. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do meditation and visualization to clear your chakras, and I do those. I also love, of course, to use crystals to clear and, and to open and enhance my chakras. But I think one thing I took from her book, Charge, was about actually just physically, vocally Expressing your true self is really the mm-hmm. best way to have a healthy chakra life. Right. and Kind of put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> that, that's mm-hmm. very true. That's a, a
1: perfect way to put it. And, and she talks about that as far as when things get locked up in your body and we freeze up and we become stiff or we hold our breath or go numb. And that's the sign, those can be signs of having too much charge in your body, too much energy stuck in there and needing to dispel it. But things like anxiety, panic, or rage, or, you know, when you're, you're rapid heartbeat or not taking full breaths, she, she equates all of those to needing to discharge that energy. And, you know, the main ways to discharge energy are through your mouth and your limbs and then through right. your genitals. She mentioned that as well but just how these out points. And it made me think of Reiki when you send healing energy through your hands and your hands will get hot when you're the conduit Mm -hmm. for that. And I thought about that, that picturing that energetic discharge coming out through your hands or through the bottom of your feet. And so a lot of what she talks about, she phrases it in a different way, but it brings new light to some of the the traditional practice.
0: Let's start at the root chakra and talk about, things and symptoms people can look for if those chakras are blocked yes so if the root chakra is our center for safety grounding protection feeling safe in our home and our body feeling safe with our finances a blocked chakra can look like constipation lower back pain or even down into leg pain leg pain uh, a blocked root chakra can also manifest as chronic worry about finances, which can have an overall impact on health in general. Am I missing other signs for a blocked root chakra?
1: no, I think that you you covered that beautifully okay
0: i 'm sure i 'm missing some things, but that 's the general ones um, so the sacral chakra right above the root chakra is orange, and that's our center for creativity and birth and rebirth. It's also where we hold our body image. So if you've, ever, if you've ever been sexually abused, often that will manifest as a blocked chakra in that area or assaulted. If you have ever suffered from anorexia or bulimia, that will manifest often as a blocked sacral chakra. Writer's block, artistic block, that's another word for a blocked sacral chakra. And so some wonderful ways to unblock that chakra would be creative expression and would also be um, to do, there's all, I think she outlines them in the book. There's certain yoga positions for each chakra, which Mm -hmm. are wonderful. There's different hand mudras you can do for each chakra. There's also, with, with the sacral chakra, in, in my opinion, one of the best ways to block it is to simply send love to your body. Right. Something that I do that um, does not come easily to me, but when I'm in the shower, when I'm soaping up my body, I will just say, I love my hands. Thank you. I love my arms. Thank you for working. I love my legs. Thank you. I, lo- I just I send love to each part of my body.
1: So important.
0: It really is. And just to, even if you just lay in bed at night and just think about all the stuff that your body is doing without you knowing it, you know, pumping blood and every, everything that each organ is doing, inhaling and exhaling for you, it's wonderful. So sometimes just sending love and gratitude to your body is a beautiful way to unblock the chakra. And so is dance. Mm-hmm. Expressing yourself through dance is really, really good they had older people take dance lessons and you know
1: elderly and senior citizens and the cognitive they said it was the the increase in cognitive functioning from dance was faster and higher than any other form of exercise that they've used and it was they would change up the dance steps and and plus it makes you feel good that's an instant way to raise your vibration and that's mm-hmm. funny because I used to love 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 to dance and over the years I I haven't but I turned on some old music the other day and I started to dance and I felt like Elaine from that old Seinfeld episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just spastic and and I thought okay this is a goal for the summer is to get the movement back to get that flow to get that ease of and that re- it's an excellent way to reconnect with you, with your um your carbon-based body.
0: Yes. Yes oh we didn't mention ways to unblock the root chakra oh, um, okay. One of the one of the best ways to unblock the root chakra is just called earthing or grounding where you just consciously walk around and ground your energy you can do this by walking barefoot in your yard by gardening or simply by standing and imagining tree roots coming out of the soles of your feet if finances are what's causing your blocked root chakra Even just putting your change in a cup at the end of each day has been known to help people feel safer and as though they are taking some action towards creating more abundance. You can create um, a crystal abundance grid to emphasize that you're growing your finances. Go ahead. I was just
1: going to add, and I add this every show, but the gratitude piece for for being... You know I have enough to eat, or I have a roof over my head, or I, money is flowing to me. I am worth this that that The affirmations that go with with abundance and prosperity and finances are huge they 're big, yeah. big work, but that it is in, interesting that that 's my default position with my lower back, and I do have like crush discs and all kinds of actual physical stuff. But when I'm stressed about security or stability, that's immediately where it goes. And Mm -hmm. it's so, that's what I love about this is it's really fun when you start paying attention how fine-tuned our chakras are to let us know what's going on in our head.
0: Right. Because so often we're not aware of it because we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about the fact that we're worried about money or We have an issue connected to our body from years ago that we pushed away. It's not fun to focus on those things. And so we do tend to push them down. You know, I did a reading today for someone and their father came through. And one of his main messages, he was a good provider for the family. Mm -hmm. But one of his messages was, I spent 35 years worrying about money while I worked my you know what off.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And one of his messages was that that was his deepest regret and he wished he had enjoyed it as much as he had worked at saving it. And I just think that's such a strong, important, powerful reminder for all of us. Right. I agree. Anyway. um, Oh, and my other favorite way to unblock this root chakra is anonymous tithing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a giant amount. No, it can be $5, a dollar. Mm-hmm. But if whenever you just take a little bit of extra money each week and just anonymously give it to somebody who needs it more than you do, that sends out wonderful ripples of vibrations into the universe. But it also sends your body and your root chakra a subconscious reminder that you still have enough to give. And that's a wonderful way to heal that chakra. Okay, skipping around, back up to the solar plexus <laughs> chakra, which is yellow. This is our seat of our self-confidence, our sense of who we are. It's where we feel confident. It's where we feel our joy. It's um, the gut, you know, like, oh, I feel it in my gut, or I have a good feeling about this. So it's also where clairsentience lives. When the solar plexus chakra is blocked, you will often get stomach issues. So butterflies in the stomach, cramps. Sometimes a blocked solar plexus can result in diarrhea. I can't believe I'm mentioning all this. constipation. Some of you are probably eating your lunch, listening to this. Going, thanks a lot, Samantha. But it's one of the signs of a blocked solar plexus. Um, feeling very anxious and nervous in the in the tummy. So a, a lot of tummy issues uh, are connected to this. Middle back pain is connected to a blocked solar plexus. And some really good ways to unblock that chakra are to try your best to grow your own confidence, to live your truth, to speak in I statements instead of you statements, to try to not use always and never, like you always do this, you never do that, but to start to speak from your truth, when you spoke to me that way, I felt this, instead of You know, because a lot of passive aggression uh, type of behavior can live in the solar plexus, Mm -hmm. and that can result in that blocked energy. Dancing is also really good for this chakra. A lot of different yoga techniques are excellent for healing this chakra. Uh, Working with any yellow stones like citrine, yellow chalcedony, yellow topaz are wonderful. But I think the best way to unblock this chakra is to just pat yourself on the back as much as you can, give yourself credit, give yourself, you give yourself the confidence that this solar plexus is crying out for.
1: I, I want to add a little little part to this. When you started this out, you said stepping into your power, expressing yourself, and a lot of empaths, and I've talked to a lot of folks about this, and myself as well. We tend to hold weight in that area and it seems like the last few years as people have becoming waking up becoming more sensitive people have been a lot of folks i've talked to have been struggling with extra weight around their, their mid midriff also you know if you're uh older postmenopausal, you know 50s, 60s 70s 80s you're in that that age time of of truly reinventing yourself which again affects that, that chakra system and, and the weight gain that often comes to people say, oh, it's just age, it's hormones. But I wonder if there's more of a connection with if you, if you refuse or you hold yourself back from truly stepping into what you came here to do, is that, can that also be that extra padding that you're putting around yourself to protect yourself out of fear?
0: Sure. Yeah, it's a protection thing. So... I I agree. I think that can be an important piece of this to keep in mind. You know, sometimes when I'm working with life coaching clients who are dealing with this, I will tell them to not do a gratitude journal right away, but instead to do a grateful for me journal. Mm -hmm. And every night, just write down three things that you're grateful for about you. I'm so proud that I handled this situation at work really well. I'm so proud that even though I was feeling really tired, I was able to do X, Y, and Z today. Whatever it might be, it can be really small things, it can be really big things, but sometimes just writing down or even just saying it to yourself before you fall asleep, three things that you're grateful about yourself for can do a lot to empower and unblock this chakra. Right, well, we'll, well, we'll save that for the next chakra, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, the next one is the um, heart chakra color is green it's right between the breastbone in the center of your chest and this is our center for love a lot of people connect this to romantic love it's not just romantic love it's all love it's love for yourself it's love for humanity it's love for animals for the earth for plants it's love it's all of your relationships your relationships with your family of origin with the family you created with your friends with your coworkers. so it's all relationships are there When we have a blocked heart chakra, often this is where we get panic attacks that can feel like a heart attack. This is often why some people, well, not the only reason why some people have heart attacks, but it's a contributing factor is when we have blocked energy there of either anger or sadness. Now, in most of the metaphysical books I've read, they usually correlate heart attacks with anger, like too much anger. Um, But I think we've all felt a broken heart I mean when you're really really sad doesn't it like when I'm really sad my heart actually hurts like I you know what I mean like I can feel it yes and so I think you you know and sometimes if I'm really uh stressed out over a relationship situation I'll feel an actual weight on my chest
1: oh me too like a dull ache yeah. I used to call it the sad yeah. lump it was just like this lump of sadness caught right in your heart
0: hmm Just right.
1: Mm-hmm. In, um, back to Anadea's book again, she has this beautiful chart in the middle of the book that talks about the, sh- the chakra sister, the central issue, all of these things. One of the things she mentions about the heart chakra, if an excessive characteristic can be about codependency or poor boundaries, um, jealousy, narcissistic behaviors, and... Deficient characteristics for the heart can be shy, lonely, isolated, um, you know, critical, and I I think that that makes perfect sense because as empaths we feel everything at such an intensity that it's it's almost similar to what I've said about different people. There's no lukewarm. We're either all in, feeling it, you know, deeply sensing it, or we tend to withdraw it because it's too much.
0: Yeah. And we just kind of pull in into what I call turtle mode. Mm -hmm. Just kind of tuck into our shells. There's a lot of good ways to unblock the heart chakra. One of the ways that I think a lot of people tend to resist is to grieve what it is that you're holding on to. Yes. Sometimes when you're so sad, you feel that if you lean into that sadness, you'll never stop crying. Like you'll Mm -hmm. never get out of it. I'm not a therapist (laughs) or a psychologist, but in my humble experience, I feel that that's not true and and that grief needs to be expressed in order to heal and move on. And so I do think crying is a very good way to unblock the heart chakra.
1: I, I don't know if I shared this before, but during a very transitional time in my life, my boys were quite young. And I used to get up early, and I would set, before the boys got up, I was all alone, and I would set the timer on the stove for 15 minutes, because I knew it was, you know, get the kids up, get them to school, go to work, make dinner. It was like 24-7, and I would set it for 15 minutes, and I would cry and scream and hit pillows and just sob. And then when the timer went off, it it sounds a little neurotic now, but I would just say, okay, Denise, back up shut it off, time to get on with the day. And I did that every day for a long time because I was so, I had to get it out. I couldn't, I, it wasn't an option to just fold. And I think for so many people who are listening to this, we need to feel the grief, whether it's through someone we've lost or a situation in our life or where someone has pulled the rug out from under us but it doesn't, exactly what you just said, it doesn't have to take over your life. You can you can control it. You can still express those emotions. You can still get them out, but you don't have to let it keep you completely debilitated if that's not a choice.
0: Right. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that's really helpful, and I think that's a wonderful thing that you did, for, a gift not only for yourself but for your boys too because it helped you to heal and move on so you could be the mom that they always needed and that you always were. Well,
1: thank you. But at the time it was that complete place of being overwhelmed, not knowing what to do, feeling adrift. I mean, I, and I know so many people are in transition right now that when you're at your wits end and you don't know what to do, someone else might have knew someone who would just go and run as fast as they could. They would go and run and run and run and come back exhausted and just feel like, okay, now I can get on with the day. So whatever your own personal method is to release that, as, as Anadea would say, that charge that's stuck in your body, but especially mm-hmm. as empaths and as sensitives, that heart, really, we need to keep our hearts clear because love is going to, it's, it's going to heal us, but it's also, I think, what what we need for each other right now and for the planet.
0: I I agree. I think some other great ways to unblock the heart chakra are to practice self-care, self-nurturing, and self-love, but to also have human touch. Mm -hmm. As simple as it might sound, get a massage, get a manicure, uh, have some Reiki done, a 30-second hug a day. I'm sure you guys have seen all those studies that go around social media, but it's a proven benefit. If you hug someone for 30 seconds, it sends oxytocin oxytocin am i saying that right all mm-hmm. throughout your body and it makes you feel connected and happier and, and i also think go ahead
1: no no i was just going to mention like babies with failure to thrive if they're not held enough and then old people yeah. who are isolated and lonely and have no physical touch it's that same both ends of the spectrum it's the same result
0: right right and i think too having days set aside where you are just nurturing yourself whatever that might look like they they're called now shouldless days you know where you have days where there's nothing you should do Mm -hmm. where you're just taking care of yourself and doing whatever that means to you i think that's really important to help the heart chakra There's also been so many studies done that show when we are giving back to others in meaningful ways, it actually impacts us in very, very beautiful, loving ways and helps to empower our heart chakra.
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: also believe it works on the solar plexus as well. I I was listening to an interview Lynn McTaggart did on on one of her new books called The Power of Eight. Mm Mm-hmm. And she works with these groups of classes on her website, and she has people focus with their intent through prayer or meditation on praying or intending good things for other people in the group. And she has done all these studies on how when you are giving back to someone else, whether it's volunteer work or just saying a prayer for someone or just sitting in meditation and sending someone good energy, that it. It has a boomerang effect and it comes back and it fills you with that love.
1: Right, that, that ripple think, effect, yes.
0: Yeah, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of great yoga poses. I, I like the fish pose for opening up the heart chakra. I think affirmations of self-love and love for others um, can work beautifully. There's that wonderful Buddha's prayer where you send love to everyone. And so I think there's a lot of lovely ways to heal and cleanse and unblock the heart chakra. But and I really do think just getting that grief out is the most important.
1: And Louise Hay with her mirror work where you look yourself in the face and you say, I love you, like you look mm-hmm. yourself right in the eye in the mirror. And that, is a, that can be very uncomfortable if you're not feeling in a good place with yourself.
0: Yes. You know, I'm super happy to, and I hope you don't mind that I'm announcing this so early, Denise, but I'm going to. <laughs> we're, <laughs> but we're late, I promise. We're having uh, Dr. Northrup on the show uh, this summer, so we're getting ready to interview her. We can't wait. And I was listening to some of her interviews just, you know, for show preparation, and she was saying how for years she would tell people to do the mirror work Mm -hmm. that Louise Hay recommends, and then one day she realized, I haven't actually done the mirror work myself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, haven't we all been there? You know, tell someone... you know, you really should exercise and eat, drink eight glasses of water a day. Then you don't do it. So anyway, she started doing the mirror work, and she said it had this profound effect on her. I think I don't think she started doing it until she was in her fifties. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Denise, but sometimes don't you ever get that feeling like, oh, well, it's too late to try that?
1: And it never is. Never. Never is. No.
0: So there's a there's a lot of lot of truth to that mirror work. Okay, and then moving on up to the throat chakra, this color is light blue. It's at the base of your throat. It's our center for communication, truth, and expression. It's also where clear audience resides. So when you awake and cleanse and unblock the throat chakra, you are also strengthening your ability to hear intuitively, which is always helpful. I think the most obvious expression of a blocked throat chakra is a sore throat or that throat tightening up. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot when I when I have to if I have to speak in front of a group that I'm teaching no problem but if I have to speak in front of a group where I'm just relating on a personal level like I remember I had to read something at a funeral mm-hmm. oh my, my throat tightened up so badly I didn't know if I was going to be able to share what I had mm. to read <laughs> yeah so that That's how that, when that throat chakra is blocked from me, that's how it manifests. How does it manifest for you?
1: Same thing. And a lot of times when I'm doing a reading, I'll start, like, get a little dry cough or my Mm. throat will close up a little bit. and, And 99 times out of 100, it's the person that I'm doing the reading with, there's something they need to say to someone, and they're having a hard time finding the words to express that because they don't want it to be adversarial or acrimonious and it clogs up in your throat. Or if you've ever been around anybody that has that little dry, they're always constantly clear in their throat. For some people, it can manifest as excessive talking. Though, you know, they just always, always, always have to talk or and have a hard time listening. Um, and some, I think sometimes for stuttering can also, but I get the same thing, I'll I'll uh, clam up. I, I won't want to say anything. I'll feel like I can't get the voice out or I'll get very, very quiet. People say, "What uh-huh. did you say? What did you say?" It, it, it's just that's an old throwback. So it ties back into what um, Dr. Judith talks about with how these are all based in a childhood time frame. So each of the chakras aligns. If there's a block or a problem, it aligns with. I think around throat stuff was, if if there was a the developmental stage would be like seven to twelve years old. So she mm-hmm. would she suggests going back to that time frame and seeing what was there something significant where you didn't feel like you had your voice or that you couldn't speak up for yourself and be heard, and it usually will tie back to that time frame developmentally, which I think is pretty interesting. As a mother, it kind of freaks me out because I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? But I think that's just right. normal. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's very little we can do about that. You're always going to have that mom guilt, right? Right. I think one of the best ways to unblock the throat chakra is to speak your truth in every moment. And I'll tell you, that's a hard thing, especially for empaths. Sometimes speaking your truth can be difficult because it might hurt someone else. I don't mean if someone comes to work and they've dyed their hair and it looks awful. I don't mean speak your truth by saying your hair looks like crap. I don't Mm mean, (laughs) I mean, speaking your truth in ways the little things, like if somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, speaking your truth and saying, that doesn't work for me this week. Thanks for thinking of me.
1: Right. I, I had to have a conversation earlier today, and I've been going back and forth with this for literally months because i it, it just so spot on with what you just said. I didn't want to hurt this person, and I know um, there's almost a dependence on It's just, it's a weird situation. It's, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I finally just made the statement very clear, very concise. And it was just a simple sentence. And I didn't make an excuse and I didn't preface it with, I don't mean to upset you, but I just said the the simple sentence and let it go. And it did, it felt very different for me personally to say that from a place of, I'm not going to explain this. I'm not going to negate it. I'm not going to try to make it okay for everybody else that I'm talking to. I have to do this for me. And Mm -hmm. I think for those of us who are, you know, stepping up to the plate and finding their voice or moving in a new direction, it's vital. It's vital that you find a few things that you can just feel so solid about and build that foundation for the other things that are to come.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think it's important, you mentioned motherhood before, I think it's important for parents to model this for their children. Mm -hmm. My daughter just had an experience with throat chakra stuff. We um, finally finished up the school year, and her friend was throwing an end-of-the-year pool party, and all the girls were sleeping over, and she was really excited. And that afternoon, a woman that she babysits for often, who she loves, she loves the kids, she loves to babysit for them, texted and said, I'm so sorry, this is last minute, but can you please babysit from 8 to midnight? And my daughter said to me, what do I do? And I said, well, do you want to babysit or do you want to go to the party? And she said, I want to go to the party. I said, well, then tell her you already have plans. Mm -hmm. And she said, but I feel bad. And while we were discussing this, the woman texted, please, please, I'll pay you double your normal hourly rate. Oh, no pressure and my there. Daughter said, I know. And my daughter was like, oh, what do I do? And I said, honey, I said, stand in your power. If you want to go to the party, simply tell her I have plans. I would love to do this again, but tonight I have plans. Mm-hmm. And she did. And she felt really good about it. And I try to reiterate it in the morning when I picked her up from the sleepover. I said, did you have fun? And she said, oh, my gosh, we have so much fun, blah, blah, blah. And I said, aren't you glad you didn't babysit? And she said, yes, I'm so glad I didn't babysit. So and so those it's a very small example. But those little things, are, it's how we teach ourselves that we matter.
1: Oh, see, I don't and think so that's often, a small thing at all. I think that's a big well, thing yeah. for she's 17.
0: 16, 16
1: to, to be, be gifted with that. I can do this and it's okay. And I'm not responsible for everybody else. That, that's beautiful. Congratulations to you. Yes. That's incredible.
0: Even when we're pressured, you know, sometimes people do that. They'll pressure us into doing something that we don't want to do. And so we have to always speak our truth in every situation. And I think too, I, I am speaking from a situation that I'm still working on because one of the things I'll do in a, like in a friendship, if someone does something that kind of bothers me or hurts my feelings, I will choose not to say anything about it because, Oh, I don't want to start anything or mm-hmm. I'm probably just being sensitive. And then those little things build up. And to me, that's an example of not speaking your truth. I think it's important in a friendship, a work relationship, a family relationship, a romantic relationship, to speak up in, in those moments as well. You know, right. it kinda hurt my feelings that you didn't show up for blah blah blah. Or right. if someone says something that's kinda critical but that's couched as not critical. What do you mean by that? I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm taking you if I'm understanding you clearly. I think it's important to always speak your truth in those moments. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way but obviously another great way to unblock this chakra is simply singing yes nobody wants to hear me sing I'll tell you that but, but you can sing when no one's around if you have a terrible voice like I do <laughs> you, you know, just popped into my head little kids do this
1: instinctively when they're frustrated they just open their mouth and they, they expel noise and right. it just might be like, ah, it might be, it, it. and I've done, haven't you ever been so frustrated that you just throw, you just make that, just let it out. I do it in the car sometimes. I don't do it so much out in public anymore, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but I think just releasing that so that it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't get stuck, but that's, it, this is going to sound way over the top, but it's almost a primal thing. It's something we instinctively mm-hmm. know to do, but we're mm-hmm. so conditioned not to. Little kids will do it. They'll just burst it out, and then they're fine. So I think we can learn right. a lot from little people.
0: I agree. Chanting is a great way to clear the throat chakra. The cobra position in yoga is a wonderful throat chakra clearer. Now, if we move on to the third eye chakra, which is... Uh, right between your eyebrows and up about a half an inch in the center of your forehead. This um, is indigo in color, and it's where we hold our intuition. It's our connection to our intuitive self, but it's also, we always think of the third eye chakra as, Ooh, that's where you're clairvoyant and that's where all the psychic fun stuff happens. But it's also our sense of control Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who feel a need to control every situation will have a blocked third eye, which can manifest in headaches, migraines, headaches, tension headaches, temple headaches, um, upper neck pain, is a sign of a blocked chakra here.
1: Nightmares, hallucinations, yeah. uh difficulty concentrating. It just as an interesting, um, because I've worked with um, my, you know, my, my real life as I tend to call it. I used to work with severely emotionally disturbed students years and years ago. That's not even technically what we're supposed to say anymore, but this was back in the day. And I was teaching a class of, I think it was a a self-contained fourth to eighth grade, which just the the logistics of that alone to put fourth graders through eighth graders in one room. But anyway, and we were talking about something, and every single kid in that room had had a frontal lobe um, injury. Every single one, because we were talking about brain development and all these things, wow. and every whether it was from trauma or blunt force or whatever it was, and not only is that your third eye, but that's your emotional center of your brain. That's where we process emotions. So I always that's always stuck with me that all of those children who had such severe emotional processing issues or behavioral issues had all had a frontal lobe um, injury. And wow. that would smack you right in the third eye.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Well, I think some good ways to unblock the third eye chakra would be to surrender the need to control a situation. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> but, but often just thinking your way through it. You know, really just, just think if, if there's a situation and you're trying to control it, you're trying to control every aspect of it, Sometimes just thinking through it and saying, okay, I have no control about the weather on this day. I have no control over what my boss is gonna say when I do this or ask for that. I have no control over how this person is gonna respond when I do this. Just talking yourself through it and reminding yourself what you do have control over and what you don't have control over can be a really simple first step in learning to let go of that need to control.
1: That's a good tool. It's a very good tool.
0: And another good way to unblock this chakra is to start to awaken your third eye, start to focus on your intuitive development, particularly clairvoyance. So visualization techniques are really great for awakening and unblocking this chakra. Guided meditations, staring at a candle flame, or just doing simple intuitive development exercises and Learning to trust and follow your intuition is a great way to unblock, in my opinion, all the chakras, but especially mm-hmm. this one. Very good point. And I like to um, just lay down and, and meditate and put a, a stone over my third eye. Like I like to put an azurite or a labradorite over the third eye to help cleanse it.
1: I, I do, well, I've shared this, that I do a prayer and ritual, and that's one of the things that I do. I, you've, you've actually held the stones I do it with, you know, the, um, the rose quartz and the um, amethyst, but when I'm doing, getting ready to do a reading, I hold it on my, you know, my, I do this prayer, but then that's one of the things that I do is I touch my third eye with both of the stones to open that up. Mm -hmm. and to just Mm -hmm. ask to please show me clearly the signs, symbols, pictures, and memories that will most resonate for the person that I'm talking with. And it's one, it, I think so much of this is building relationship with our bodies, with our energy, with who we really are. And you, we can tell you all these techniques and you can tweak them to make them yours. And once you make them yours, they work so amazingly well for you because they, you've developed it. it. It's between you and spirit or you and your your energy body, and I think that that's a make it yours, I guess would be my big big push on that.
0: Mm, thanks for emphasizing that because that's really important there's, there's got to come a point in anything you're learning to do, but especially in spiritual development and personal development where you do all of the studying, you learn, you, you might choose a mentor or two, but at some point you've got to break away from all of that and take all the pieces that you've learned and put it together and make it your own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the crown chakra is the seventh chakra. It's right at the top of your head, and it's, um, it's the center of our connection to spirit, our connection to all that is, our connection to something higher than ourselves. I think a blocked crown chakra manifests as that that awful word, depression, mm-hmm. that sense of stagnation, lacking a purpose, that sense of, what am I here for? Some of those bigger questions that we tend to deal with, especially as we get older.
1: Right. It can also be getting too much in your head, like being overly mm. intellectual about stuff. or And I think sometimes... Spiritual addiction, like if you are so addicted to spirituality that you're forgetting that you're actually a human being on the planet, that can show up with, with stuff in your crown chakra as well. Um,
0: I agree. And I think also this can show up in a crown chakra when you give your power away. When How many times have we had clients call us for a reading and they want us to tell them what to do?
1: Right. That's not, no.
0: That's not good. That's not. (laughs) My daughter used to have a saying when she was a little girl and she would say, that's not okay. (laughs) If she was going to do something, she'd stop herself and go, that's not okay. And that's what I'd like to say to that. If you're relying on someone else, whether it's a therapist, a lawyer, a psychic, what have you, a doctor, always telling you what to do and you're putting all your power and faith into them. I Look, I think it's great to get advice from people. I really yes. do. Yes,
1: yes, I agree. I think
0: it's wonderful to get second opinions and third opinions and, and whatnot. But at some point, you've got to dictate the reins of your own life. And I think that can manifest as a block crown chakra when you don't. I think, too, when you have those dark nights of the soul where you're questioning your faith, you're questioning what you believe in, you're questioning yourself, I think all of those can uh, block your, your crown chakra. So I I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of big, big stuff, you know, just as the root chakra is big stuff about the earth, you know, like not feeling safe in your home or safe in your body or safe at work or safe with your finances. I think the crown chakra is big stuff with spiritual and global issues. And so they, they all need to be addressed. And some of the best ways, go ahead. Oh no, I just wanted
1: to add in really quickly out of all the chakras, you know, how I had said earlier that, uh, dr judith said this happens from 0 to 6 months and this is 7 12 years old the crown chakra she labels as throughout your entire life that you it it can continually impact you um throughout your life and it's not just based in a childhood wound or trauma which i thought was interesting
0: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway sorry interrupt you know I wanted to add something. A lot of people talk about crown chakra issues when they hit middle age. So say, mm-hmm. for example, when your kids leave the house and you're done raising your kids, a lot of people have this this crisis of spirituality. You know, what, what's my purpose now? Uh, when people retire, I think they have often this crown chakra crisis of what do I do now? What Was it all worth it? But an age where I think crown chakra issues come into play that a lot of people don't talk about enough are the 20s. Yes, I was thinking, you know, my middle daughter graduated from the eighth grade and I was sitting at her graduation and I was thinking, it's kind of sad that we stop doing all of this stuff when people are 21. Mm
1: -hmm. I I think
0: I was just sitting in that assembly thinking about how many assemblies I've sat in and I was thinking (laughs) how we really cheer our young people on at every step of the way and we guide them so specifically you know, you go from elementary to middle to high school and hopefully to college and maybe to grad school or law school or on and on. Once you're done with all of that, we're like, good luck, sister. You're on your mm-hmm. own. And there's right. no more there's no more cheering or championing on. You're just kind of on your own. And so I think the 20s can be such a wonderful time of independence and autonomy, but it can also be a terrifying time because there's nobody there to tell you what to do or, or to cheer you on. And... Again, I,
1: I know I've said this before, but I just think it's so important. Zero to six, eighteen to twenty-four. There is no other six year period that you're on the planet that you're gonna change as much. Mm. Those two two little s- six year segments. And you know, right now it's interesting you brought up people in their early twenties, seventeen to twenty-two, twenty-three it's so different and so tumultuous for so many young people right now and getting mixed messages and trying to to, to navigate a world that really doesn't have a game book anymore. Right, um, right. But you're right that, and interestingly, there was, um, I've, I've watched this pattern over the years because I love demographics and what people do and behaviorism and all those things. But for some people who were all that in high school, they were, you know, most popular king and queen of the prom, capital, and then they leave and that ends. And that's a very, um, for some, there's a real fragility to that of, okay, who am I now, now that I'm not, you know, the, the top of the heap in, in high school. And we, we need to instill that in kids and, and in each other, whether we're 30, 40, 50, 80, it doesn't matter, that please just be who you came here to be. It makes it so much frigging easier.
0: I agree. Very well said. As chakra, you do have to start to focus on who you are and why you are here. And I think you need to start to define yourself, not by your labels,
1: I am a psychic,
0: I am a mom, I am a teacher, I am a this, I am a that. But by who you are intrinsically, if everything were stripped away from you today, what would you still know to be true about you? And when you start to dive deep into those answers, I think you not only unblock this chakra, but you awaken and empower it as well. Mm -hmm. And figuring out what the hell you believe in. Right. It can change over time. Yes, and that's okay, and I think a lot of people experience guilt when they start to change who and what they believe in and they start to uh, doubt or question and, and all of that is okay and giving yourself permission to really look at, okay, who am I praying to, what do I know about this to be true, is this serving me, and, and to really start to find those answers. Instead of waiting for a crisis of conscience to force you to find those answers. I think always being on the seeker's path is really important. And then finally, because the crown chakra is all about connection, connecting yourself mm-hmm. to something bigger than yourself is always going to be a great strategy, whether it's yes. a church, a synagogue, a temple, or a volunteer organization, or even just you know, being um, a person that people in your family can go to, but just feeling connected to something bigger than you.
1: Or connecting with Mm -hmm. earth energy or, you know, sending healing energy to to the ocean. Or, I mean, it, it, it can manifest in many different ways. And again, that comes back to what aligns with you. Where do you feel like your connection to divine is so, so strong that you know it's emanating out as well? Which goes back to the Anadea piece about you know, discharge and and, um, recharge.
0: Yes, exactly. So those are the main chakras. There are other chakras and a lot of people believe in a higher eighth chakra, but we're just going to cover the main chakras. And I think it's just a good skill in life to learn your chakras, to learn how to feel your chakras and to start to consciously work with them on a daily basis Mm-hmm. I recommend starting with Anadea Judith's book, Wheel of, Wheels of Life, but, but I also think you can just start with her book, Charge, right. because she goes through the chakras in that book as well, and there's a lot of good exercises in there. She mentions a lot the, the tapping.
1: Yes, emotional what, freedom what
0: technique. Thank you, EFT, yes. Mm-hmm. I have never tried that. Have you tried that? I have, and... It's funny because that's one of those things that keeps consistently showing back up in my
1: life. And I've never uh-huh. made the commitment to doing it. But when I have done it, it, I have had results. But I have, I'm actually sitting here looking at the book on the shelf that's mocking me. And <laughs> the, <laughs> new, the Nick Ortner book on the tapping solution. And I know that everything I read, all of the people that I respect in the juju world the, the science behind it, you know, you're hitting the meridians. It makes perfect sense. But it's making that commitment to myself to, to actually do it.
0: To learn how to do it, yeah. And, and for me, it's to, it's to learn how to not feel silly tapping a certain part of my arm 25 times or whatever. I need, I need to get through that. Sure. But you're right. Everyone who does it really does claim that it, that it works. And she mm-hmm. talks a lot about how to do that in her book, which is great. Anything else you want to add about the chakras before we close out? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot.
1: And uh, it is an amazing reference book because it's something that you can go back to. You can read little brief chapters. You can, you know, pick and choose what you'd like to read. But it, it's an absolute wealth of information.
0: Yeah, so please tune in next week when you'll hear me interviewing Dea Judith on her book. Uh, I she goes into a lot in depth. You know, how sometimes you interview people who've written a book and they're like, well, you can read that in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interviewing you. She does not do that. She talks a lot about some excellent points in her book. And at the end of the interview, she makes some really poignant comments on chakras in terms of our global connection, yes. which I found very illuminating.
1: Mm-hmm. So we hope
0: that you enjoy that. We're going to be bringing you soon our community connection show for June. So if you have a question or a story that you would like to share with us and all of our listeners, you can send it to us at enlightened empaths at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook enlightened empaths. We'd love to hear from you and connect with you in those two ways. If you have a moment this week, in your lovely summer we hope that you'll take some time to leave us a review on itunes because it helps other people find us and if you like our show please consider telling a friend to join us on the podcast so we can grow our community of enlightened empaths in the meantime we hope that you have a beautiful wonderful week filled with self-love and love for others and connection don't forget to show up do great work and share your light bye-bye everyone Bye.